Hi, and welcome to Bible Secrets, a contemporary podcast series about the origins, translations, and interpretations of the Bible and Holy Scriptures. We hope you enjoy this piece of art in the form of discussion, which was derived from hours of independent study and a burning passion for seeking truth and wisdom. We speak freely on this podcast, so there may be language that's not entirely suited or agreed with with everybody, but it's meant to be fun while it's also educational. Please like and subscribe, share, and help us reach more people, and inspire conversations that can both be hard but necessary. This is Bible Secrets. I want to know what the meaning of life is. I want to know the cost of your faith. So we're on to the last fucking books, dude. This is this is the good shit, man. Oh man, a lot of a lot of information went into this one. Welcome back. Oh no. Two. Chan introduce us with a mouthful. No, I'm just kidding. So I got a mouthful of almonds. <laughs> Here I got you. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody, to Bible Secrets brought to you by Fair the Burn. Today we are getting into the lost or the rejected books depending on how you look at it. I'm your co-host, Cougar Coburn. And I'm Chandler Fair, and I still have a mouthful of almonds. And this one is exciting to me because this is where I see some passion come out in you. And, you know, we talk we talk Gospel of Thomas. And, like, I've seen that you've read that shit, and you're trying to listen to it, and you're trying to see what it says, and that's what I want. And, again, could you bring the Gospel of Thomas to your church and say, let's all read this today? Maybe you could. I don't. One hundred percent not. No, 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 no. You know, like one hundred percent no. <sighs> so that's it's, the thing is like this is this is the church that will fucking talk about everything right here, baby. This is house church, son. House church. Yeah. No. Um. So I mean, I think it's it's important to talk about before we get into this. We kind of talked about it during the Council of Nicaea, but in pertains to the lost books, there was multiple versions of Christianity, multiple sects of Christianity in the early church. Uh, you had all sorts of people who believed kind of different things about Jesus, who read different things, who had different scriptures. Um, so there was a group called the Gnostics, and uh, it's G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S. Um, it's derivative from the word gnosis or gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, which just means wisdom. Um, and they were a group that kind of branched off from, I guess you could say proto-Orthodoxy because there wasn't really an Orthodoxy back then, but they definitely got away from the idea that Jesus was salvation or Jesus was the key to salvation. Okay. And they more kind of started to believe, uh, that wisdom was the key to salvation. Uh, and you've brought this up to me that I didn't really know, but they were kind of prone to not sharing wisdom oh yes right yep. like hell yeah like the you sacred got the i'm not telling you the sacred wisdom was like supposed to be a secret and, and and kept and there were these like teachers of it but in order for that to get them to really teach you anything like it was just really difficult yes and everything's kind of coded and riddled and only the ones with the knowledge could read it and understand it and take it in and the reason 
and obviously that's heretical when you look at the church and what they wanted right. to say. And when you look at the Gospel of Thomas, uh, the very early, literally the first verse says, these are the writings of the word of, words of Jesus. Whoever finds the interpretation to these words shall not find death, but only find life. So a lot of people say, Damn, that, yeah, that's a big statement that Gnostics. Well, it is a big statement until you really start to look at the Gospel of Thomas, in my opinion, oh, okay. and really start to break it down for what it could be saying. If you take it just at, at, at its face value, you're going to find a lot of errors with it and you're going to find, find a lot of issues. But if right? you look okay. at it, how it could have been interpreted at the time and the language it uses. Right. There's a case for it, right? Like, okay. so they say that the Gospel of Thomas is Gnostic. Um, there's a bunch of different gospels out there. Um, most, most of like the quote unquote missing books of the Bible that people think are found in what's known as the Nag Hammadi, which is a collection of books found in 1945 by some dudes who were in Egypt and they were traveling. And, uh, one of the guys like threw rocks into this cave he was just kind of like you know it was nighttime so he started start throwing rocks and then he heard like you know he was hearing it clank against the walls and different rocks and then all of a sudden he hears glass shatter like yeah. uh pottery right and so him and his friends kind of go in there and they find that it's this ancient temple inside of this cave that was That's hidden crazy it crazy dude yeah hidden a bunch of like uh potteries like which were just filled and filled with scrolls and the reason that, and they they found out that they were all of these quote unquote ancient texts. Okay, a lot of them were written probably after the Gospels. I think most of them you're kind of looking at somewhere between like late second century to to even as far to as like the sixth century. Right. Um. So you're looking at like late one hundreds to five hundreds in that ballpark. Okay. And the reason that they were hidden away was because. During the times of the councils and, you know, the unionization of the church, if you were deemed a heretic uh, and you were found with heretical writings or false writings of God, then it was really demonized, demonized to the point of, I mean, in the podcast that we talked about the councils killing you, mm -hmm. Flavian got murdered. You know what I mean? Because right. he excommunicated um, Eudicis. Mm -hmm. So they hid away a lot of these potteries and a lot of these uh things contain containing scrolls okay got you so these guys kind of bring it I, don't, I figured if they bring it to the king if they bring the pottery to the to the roman empire but it kind of starts this mass like uh not excess but mass movement mm -hmm. to go find more of these potteries and they end up finding like i think eight more jars just wow. full and full of scripture well because the list is crazy I'll pull up the list just so we can look at it. The list is crazy of how many books are in that thing. Oh, just yeah, so a lot of people also say that the Nag Hammadi and the Dead Sea Scrolls are the same thing, and they're Ooh, I've not. Heard that too. They're not, though. They're not. Uh, okay. I don't really know much about the Dead Sea Scrolls. I know that they were found near Jerusalem, and they have way less books, but the Nag Hammadi is really the one that most people use as a basis of like Damn. what are the quote unquote lost books of the Bible. Right. Right. And they're typically looked at as Gnostic, if not heretical for sure. But typically they're like, well, we can't, we can't use these because they're, they're, they're Gnostic writing. So they're not speaking about the divinity of Christ. Right. Okay. 
specifically in the Gospel of Thomas, right? And that's right. the one that I'd really like to focus on today. I'd like to okay. focus on the okay. Gospel of Thomas because I think that it has the most relevancy. Um, and why, why do you think that? So it's arguably the, the, the Gospel that was written the earliest. Okay. There's arguments that it was written uh, as late as 140 AD, okay. which is also around the time that the argument that the latest version of the Gospel of John was written. People think the Gospel of John was written, if not from the actual Gospel of John or the Apostle John, probably between 100, 100 and 130 AD. Okay. The Gospel of Thomas is interesting because there are some people who say that it predates all the Gospel and was written somewhere in, around 60 AD right. during the time of Paul still being alive and, running and starting the church and uh, 140. So it's a, it's a pretty big gap. Right. right? But it's definitely was known from christians right at the time very early on very early okay, on okay and there is even a sect of christianity called the thomasinians oh uh, okay and they were typically quote-unquote people who used to be gnostics who got but who were back oh. to being like no jesus is the way the truth and the life right. and it's not necessarily from wisdom but it's through faith right um and, and they brought them back yeah and their okay. main gospel was the gospel of thomas right 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 okay so if you look at like the first uh the first verse you know, it's like whoever finds the meanings of these writings um, will not experience uh, not experience death. Yeah. So at first glance, right, you see this and you kind of say, well, that's speaking about wisdom, right? Like the interpretation of oh, these writings. Oh, right. right. The knowledge of it, right. To me, I kind and this is a lot of my argument about the Gospel of Thomas is more what it was saying during the time. Right. But this one specifically to me is I go... Well, what is the chances that Jesus is the interpretation of these right, sayings? Right. You know what I mean? What if that's what they were getting at, where they were saying, whoever can find the interpretations, i.e., I guess the truth mm -hmm. or the wisdom, which you look at what Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right. What if it's just that Jesus is king and he knows better than all of us and he is God is the interpretations of these of these works. Right. And I think that's a, that's a way that you can look at it. And that would make it not Gnostic. Exactly. Right, that kind of changed the whole thing. Well, uh, there's an argument to be made that the Gospel of Thomas isn't Gnostic. Right, and just starting off with that first verse, you could see how it's what you're reading into it that would make it what it seems. So if the interpretations right here, whoever finds the interpretations of these sayings will not experience death, if this means Christ, then that's true. And that's not Gnostic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. I have... A couple of these. Okay. Yeah, you have. You probably have the most. This is good. I'm glad that you have the most uh, controversial verses. Yes, absolutely. I went through and just picked Important. what ones just kind of stuck out to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and then they're they're in order, so it makes it kind of. Why easy. did they stick out to you before we get into them? I would just say that if I I treated it almost like a council. I was like, okay, from what I understand of the Bible. And what the, the main stakes are, the main claims, then I want to look at the, the main claims of this book and the truth claims and see if they align or if they don't align. Mm -hmm. I did not read it with Christ being the, the interpretation of the first thing. So that's, yeah. that's something to, to consider as we do this. Um, so this is gospel. The, it's all one chapter. So it's uh, verse three. Verse three. If those who lead you say to you, see the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. If they say to you, it is in the sea, 
then the fish will precede you. Rather, the kingdom is inside of you and it is outside of you. When you come to know yourselves, then you will become known and you will realize that it is who you are, the sons of the living father. But if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty and it is you who are that poverty. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Because that's the, the thing, obviously, that I've underlined here that would that made it stick out to me was knowing yourself. And that kind of gets into the gnosis, the knowledge, wisdom. What, what do you think about that? So I think this actually pertains to something that I think you're going to bring up later, which uh, is cre- making the two one. It's a big issue that a lot of people have with this gospel. Right. Um, and what a lot of people say also shows that it is gnostic or at least heretical Mm -hmm. because it has a more non-dualistic view right of making the two one and sometimes i feel the bible is very dualistic yeah for sure okay uh but i think if you look at christ he's less dualistic i think christ is more non-dualistic when you look at him as a man Mm. and as god i don't think that that jesus within himself duels right the temptation that he had when he was on earth right you know what i mean because i think that like we've talked about in the councils um that Jesus moves in oneness, as they say in Alexandria, that he was fully right. man and fully God in oneness, right? Right, yeah. So I think when you look at this this uh, verse, when you really break it down, you see, uh, you do see that people believed that the sky was heaven. The kingdom is in right? the sky. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, biblical. <laughs> biblical, right? Because people say... Uh, the, the reason that Jesus is saying this is because they ask, you know, where is the kingdom of heaven? That's what that's what the disciples are asking him. Right. And I think that there's a precursor to this verse. Um, you don't have to find it, but it's essentially like the reason that Jesus is saying this is because the t- disciples are asking him, where is the kingdom of heaven? Okay. And he says, see that, it, uh, you know, if the, if the kingdom of heaven is in the sky then the birds beat you there. If the uh, kingdom right. of heaven is in the, the ocean or the seas, then the fish beat you there. Okay. Right. Rather, the kingdom is inside of you and outside of you, okay? I think when you look at that specifically, just that first that first sentence, I think that that has something to do with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Where the Holy Spirit comes to us, and also everything that God made is his kingdom. Right. Right. right? Like like earth, and even in, in Romans it says that, uh, and you've brought this up as well, we can look at this verse later, but it's like Romans one twenty, I want to say, where it says that all of the things that were made visible are for the like to the glory of God. Right. Essentially saying that you don't need God, like the Bible, to look up to look out at a mountain and be like, well, someone had to create that. Right. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Um. So I think when you when you talk about the kingdom of inside of you and is outside of you, it's it's the Holy Spirit that's in you and that also connects us and that is okay. out, that is outside as well. Right. Okay. Okay. When you come to know yourselves, and let's think about this for a minute, the Bible says that we must become new creations. Right. Also says to deny ourselves. To deny ourselves. But right. when you look at your, but do you, do you deny your new creation? I think you deny. Or do you deny your past self? I think you deny yourself because I deny, I have to deny myself every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like now, once you start a relationship with Christ, you'll still have to deny yourself because yourself will want to do whatever you want to do and not be in that relationship. And you have to deny yourself to be in that relationship. Because you're sinful. Right. Right. And because you're kind of lost in the world. Right. But when you look scripturally, you see that we take on Christ. When he says you eat. Okay. So like, you know what communion is? Mm -hmm. Okay. So he says, when you eat of this bread, you eat, you eat my body. Right. When you drink of this wine, you are drinking my blood. There's 
there's factions of Christians out there that believe when you eat that body, that becomes Jesus's body. Like really? it physically becomes Jesus. And when you drink his blood, it's not just wine. It physically becomes the blood of Christ. Is that some church shit or is that some Bible shit? It's some shit that you have to interpret. Right. Right. Because Jesus says, this is my body. Right. And this is my blood. Does he say, if you eat it, you, I become you. There is, there is like a perspective of becoming a new creation and taking on Christ and taking on something new. So to me, when I look at this, I say, when you come to know yourselves, and I think that that actually has two meanings to it, um, you will become known. So I think to know yourself means a, from a pre salvation point of view, you have to understand that you are sinful. Right. And you have to understand what sins you are more prone to, to understand what you need to stay away from. Right. Right. Okay. But also to know yourself as a new creation, and this gets into verse 22 as well, to know yourself as a new creation, you have to know the, um, you have to know the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. And, and become one with the Holy Spirit, essentially. For what? For salvation. Okay. Okay. Um, not necessarily for all of your salvation, but it is important that you and the Holy Spirit, because our, our, our mission is to become like Jesus. That is, that is, is what we're called to do. Yeah, that's what we're called to do. It's not necessarily to become Jesus, but Jesus is to the main like role model for us. Right. Okay? And he right. took True. on all of God in the form of a man. Right. So if that's the case, then that's what we should be d- doing as well. Mm-hmm. So to know ourselves will become known. So if you okay. know yourself as sinful, if you know yourself um, okay. right, right. also what you should be as a new creation, then you will become known to God. Okay. And you'll realize that it is you who are the sons of the living father. Um, but if you, okay, so like, let's just take that, right? Right. There's verses, um, and I actually have these down somewhere. So in Romans, in Romans 8, 29 through 30, it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those who he predestined, he also called. And those who he has justified, he has also he has also glorified. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's saying that we are essentially the sons of God, that right. we are conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the first among among, among many brothers. In Colossians one fifteen, it says He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Right. Okay. So we are to become essentially like Jesus. Again, not becoming Jesus, but Jesus is our example for what we are supposed to become most like. Is this saying right here, sons of the living father, isn't that the sons of God? Yeah. Would that be a fallen angel? So that's interesting too, right? I don't remember the exact words. Um, You're referring to where we find the Nephilim yep. um, in Genesis 6, 4. Which or where, we talked about. Did we talk about yep. that one? Nice. Yep. We talked about episode that in Nimrod. Two? Yeah, episode two? Episode 4 at this point, I think. <laughs> yeah, because we're kind oh, yeah, of yeah, 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 we're all around. mixed up now. <laughs> uh, but th- those words, fallen, fallen, sons of God, in right. those verses. Yes. Um, literally, like, f- from what I understand, and I don't remember the words, literally means the sons from the fallen heaven. Mm. Like, sons from God. Right. This, I don't, I mean, I don't know the words, so I can't necessarily say. Right, right. But Jesus was the son of, was the son of God and wasn't 
you know, a, a, fallen, a, angel. a fallen angel. And right. he wasn't a giant. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Right. 450 foot tall Christ. Yeah. Be a big old fucking cross, bro. Fucked an ostrich. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, see what I'm saying? So this, uh, this so, is just referring to us being the son of the father. Yeah. And that we all are. Or becoming like Jesus. Okay. Right? Okay. Because, okay. Uh, and then you have, but if, if you do not know yourselves, again, if you, uh, hold on, stop, stop there. But if you do not know yourselves, and that I think still refers to knowing the sin that you're susceptible to and the things that you're worshiping. Right. If you don't right. understand your flesh and you don't understand the spirit, and again, this is Chan theology here, Chanology. Right. Um, I think that we're born with the spirit of God in us. Right. Right. And that's why he says, and we'll see in the next verse, in verse 22, that children are the ones who can come to the kingdom of heaven. Um, that if we don't also understand the spirit that we were born with, then we dwell in poverty and it is us who are that poverty. If we don't understand what we're susceptible to sin in order to know what's to stay away from wisdom. And we don't understand, right. uh, don't understand the goodness that we were born with and don't come to reconcile with that. Right. Making the two one. Right. Then we, we are inevitably going to fall to poverty and to we poverty. will be the poverty. poverty. Got you. Okay. All right. I like that. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I like that one. First now, verse 22, and I'll say, do you have verse 114 on here? I'm sure you do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All the way right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, verse 22 and verse 114, I will say this, are the most, whenever I talk to someone about the Gospel of Thomas, who's, who's uh, more of an Orthodox Christian, are the verses that people have the most problems with. Right. Right. So go ahead and read it, Cougar. They said to him, disciples to Christ, shall we then as children enter the kingdom? Jesus said to them, when you make the two one and when you make the inside like the outside and the outside like the inside and the above like the below and when you make the male and the female one and the same so that the male not be male nor the female and when you fashion eyes in the place of an eye and hand in place of a hand and a foot in place of a foot and a likeness in a place of likeness, then you will enter the kingdom. So an orthodox perspective right off the bat would say, see, look, it's saying that if you don't merge the concept of men and women together, then you you can't go to you can't go to heaven, mm-hmm. and that's that's making a salvation claim. Do you think it's making a salvation claim here, or what do you think it's saying within these texts? And I would like to talk to you as above, so below, but we'll get to that. Yeah, um, and as above, so below is, in my opinion, the biggest problem in this verse. Mm, I think okay. you can reconcile everything else okay. um, with understanding how they spoke back in that time. Kind of, except for um, as above, so below, except for the 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 Lord's prayer. So, okay, when you look at one twenty two again, there's some sort of there's a pretext to this verse. Um, I'm not necessarily sure what translation you're using for oh, the Gospel of Thomas, but um, Thomas is translated by Thomas. <laughs> can you can you go to one twenty two right here? Uh, because there's like a precursor to this to this text. You passed it. 122 yeah oh, i mean it's, it's yeah, just yeah, verse gotcha, 22 gotcha. um yeah so so this is this is important right the first so so jesus saw infants being suckled okay and he said to his disciples these infants being suckled are like those who enter the kingdom okay and then they said to him the disciples shall we enter the kingdom of heaven ah, okay. okay okay so first of all seeing that child i think is very important because that's speaking to us how we need to be reliant on god Mm, right 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 that child ha- a baby being nursed cannot cannot 
fend for itself. Fully reliant. Fully reliant. It can't live without that mother feeding us. Yes. It's also interesting here how Jesus uses a woman nursing nursing a baby, i.e. we might get into the Holy Spirit um, a little bit later if you think of the Holy Spirit possibly as something fluid or a woman. Right. Right. Wink, wink, coming up in episodes. So doesn't this kind of contradict, or not contradict, what I what I see is it talking about, wait, I thought it said a woman here. Where does it say woman? Being suckled. Just Saw so infants being suckled. That's like nursed. Right, like, so it's, but how do we know it's referring to a woman? I mean, is it nursing off of a man? Well, I mean, when I refer down here, we're supposed to make the two one, mm-hmm. make the male and the female one and the same. Mm-hmm. So it absolutely could be male, right? If you look at it from a literal point of view, for sure. Right, okay. But how I'm going to look at this is something that's very interesting. So you know how like we've talked about, obviously on this, on this podcast so far, we've talked about how I think that the spirit of God and wisdom are women mm-hmm. or something more fluid than just strictly this is what we are. Right. If you look at that... And you understand that the spirit of God back in those days was referred to in a feminine form. Mm-hmm. Um, and spirituality was referred to in a feminine form. And flesh was referred to in a male form. Okay. Then you can look at this and kind of refer to what I was saying about becoming one with the Holy Spirit. Okay. If you t- make the two one, if you make your flesh. So, okay. So first of all, before I go into my translation, okay. what I've heard of this is that people think that it's thoughts and feelings. Okay. That's the two. If because we want thinking like we want to worship God as Christians. Right. Right. And we want to show uh, that we have the same thoughts as God and the same like heart as God. Okay. For this gospel. No. Oh, because I, I just understood that it was just a relationship. It's a relationship. But how, but it, Jesus also says, keep my commandments. Right. So I mean, that's not something that's out of the out of the gospel. In order, to, many Christians will tell you to worship God, you need to keep His commandments because right. it would be wrong of me. Like, let's say our definition of a relationship is like hanging, right, chilling, right. Maybe sometimes you know you give me some shit, I give you some shit, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But then I take from you, right, okay, right. And it was like, hey man, I was giving you this stuff. Right. But now you just took it from me. Yes. Right. That would, I mean, even though we didn't have a, just like an established commandments of what our friendship is, God lays stuff out for us more clearly of this is what I appreciate. This is how you come to me. Right. And this is how, this is what will lead you further from me. Okay. Okay. So when you make the two one, the, the camera went down by the way. Oh. Do you want me to keep going or do you want to pause it? I just got to unlock this. You can keep going. Go okay. for it. I'll bring up this. Go for so, it. So to me, when we make the two one, some people say that it's our thoughts and our feelings becoming one. Okay. Because our feelings are much more flesh-like as, as Christians. This is what they say. That we want more to, to pursue sin. We want to uh, not be like God and that's what our flesh wants whereas our brains as Christians typically are like well I I love God and I want to worship God so a lot of people so I've heard it said when you make your thoughts and your feelings one for for God right right 
and if you kind of go throughout the rest of the verse, make the inside like the outside. I mean, that's kind of like what we're talking about in verse three, um, where we were just talking about the spirit being in you and everything that's outside of God and kind okay. of creating the oneness with that. Right. Make the above like the below. Again, kind of a hard thing to reconcile there. And when you make the male and the female one and the same, so the male not be male, the female not be female. Yes. You don't think they're saying literal male? No. Okay. And a lot of people would say that, that the female is the thoughts and the male is the feelings. Got you. Right. Okay. I think it's your flesh and the spiritual nature of the, of the Holy Spirit that you were born with to okay. be like Christ. When you make the two one, as was in Christ, he's fully man and fully human. Right. In oneness. Yep. Right. Yep. Which is doc, which is words that they used as people from the councils. Right. So it's, I don't think it'd be entirely crazy to say that if there's oneness inside of Jesus, then we should have oneness inside of ourselves. And that would mean reconciling your flesh with your spirituality. Not necessarily right. saying it should become like the spirituality, but but our job should be, and this is where I'd be called a heretic, bro. I think that Eudicis was kind of right. Okay. Where it's like, Jesus is so vastly God that when he became human, it was almost like a drop of balsamic vinegar in an ocean. Where it's like, yeah, right. he's human because he's he's flesh and he's living among us, but there's nothing inside of Jesus for an iota of a second that was like, I'm going to sin right now or I want to sin right, right now. And do you think that we could accomplish that? And do you think that accomplishing that is the thing that saves you? No. Okay. But what's the interpretation? Well, is that, is that what Thomas is saying? That once you can become like Christ, that's how you become saved. It's because you know yourself, which Christ is in you, and you go inside and bring Christ outside, and through that, you doing that, that's what saves you. I think it would be way harder. Okay, so like to enter the kingdom of heaven, right? Right. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, 22, 22. just, oh, just yes. drop, yeah. So, we'll enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. I think it's exponentially hard, and again, we have to take this as these are just sayings of Jesus. There's more context around mm, right. these than what we really understand, but mm -hmm. these are just what Jesus was saying. To enter the kingdom of heaven, I obviously it says you will then you will enter the kingdom of heaven. But I just think right. it's 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 a lot harder to enter the kingdom of heaven if you don't have that understanding of reconciling with the Holy Spirit than not. How would it be harder? What do you think? Well, because it just feels like if you can have I Christ, just explain the verse before we yeah, absolutely. start breaking it down. Yeah. Okay. So to me, when you make the two one, when you make the flesh and your spirit kind of oneness and you come into reconcil reconciliation with them okay. creating the outside, like the inside. I think that that's kind of m more less Christians would argue that to make the outside, like the inside to make like the spirit mm. that's within you, mm -hmm. like the kingdom outside. I think that that makes more sense Yeah. above like the below when you make the male and the female one and the same again, male was referred to as the flesh back in the day, kind of your sinful man nature okay. and female was, uh, more of a spiritual side. So when you make them one and the same and the male, not male and the female, not female. So you're not necessarily battling within yourself, your spirituality and your fleshness, right. but that they are in unison within you. And this is the big one too, right? Like, uh, uh, and when you fashion eyes in the place of an eye and a hand in the place of a hand and a foot in place of a foot and a likeness in place of a likeness, what does that mean to you? You're, it just feels like you're trying to make one in the same. So mm -hmm. like you're trying to make everything like your left hand and your right hand, like they're one in the same almost. 
you know so like the likeness in place of a likeness foot in place of a foot so yeah there's just like a lack of separation what about that says one says like you're trying to create them one because he's saying that you're trying to make a hand in the place of a hand and the eye in the place of an eye so it's like you're creating something new well, like a hand in place of a hand, is that creating something new? I guess it would be new because it follows that. Yeah, I could see that. And that's kind of what I think. Um, I think that he's talking about the new creation that we're supposed to be in Christ. Mm, okay, okay. And I think you could even see that from the imagery. So in those texts, God, the Father, mm-hmm. is typically des- like described with like having the eyes of God, the vision of God seeing things like God, right? Right. Jesus is usually approached with uh, or related to with hands because he came down and did the work of God, right? Right. Healed people with his hands, ha- had his hands crucified. Mm-hmm. He's close related with hands and foot in place of a foot is often um, compared to with the Holy Spirit where a lot of people say, uh, I mean, that's how you spread the Holy Spirit is you have to go and go do this and go have the Holy Spirit in you and walk and do all these things. Right. And the likeness in place of a likeness, I think that's the entirety of God. So to me, Mm, okay. And when it says like you need to make them or you need to fashion them, that comes down to works. Right. And this is a big thing where it's like Martin Luther wants to say that we are saved through faith alone. Mm hmm. And in the book of James, which is why he wanted to take it out of the Bible, it says that faith without works is dead. Right. Just because we have Jesus come upon us and and we create this oneness, it's still on us to fashion this new creation of having mm-hmm. eyes like God, hands like Jesus, and feet like the Spirit. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Then you will enter the new kingdom. Then, then you will you enter will the enter. kingdom. Right. And the interpretation of that is Jesus is the one that needs to help you do all that shit. Right. Like, like you have to do it for yourself, but without Christ, without the spirit, like you're not going to be able to accomplish that. Right. 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 So to me, I kind of look at it like you, this is, this verse is about becoming a new creation. Right. And coming into oneness with God as opposed to like breaking, breaking, um, dualism. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, I get hung up on the male and female. Absolutely. I like to, man. And, I like and, to take the word and for listen, what, what I, they are. I understand with what you're saying. I think that they left this out of the Bible because like we were talking about with the councils, they were trying to simplify the gospel. Right. Anything like that they would go, uh, I don't really know. Like this is kind of like getting weird and they mm-hmm. might not know what it means. And like maybe we have some sort of interpretation or maybe we don't. Right. Like they were just quicker to be like, nah, yep. nah, yep. nah. When there could be a deeper meaning. Right. Okay. So let's go on to our next little verse here. Oh, actually, as above, so below. Yeah, so that's that's the important one, right? Is That was from the, the Emerald Tablet. I know very little about this. Yes, we can dive right into that. So the statement in here, make the inside like the outside, outside like the inside, and the above like the below. So when you just jump on this, Wiki says, as above, so below can mean that whatever a person does on earth will be reflected in the spiritual plane or that whatever happens in nature or the stars is reflected within the human body. This phrase finds its roots in Hermeticism and the Emerald Tablet. And then the paraphrase from the Emerald Tablet is that that which is above is like that to which is below and that which is below is like that to which is above. So what you get in, and these are all of the books right here that discuss as above, so below. Um, and then there's a claim of... Uh, what will happen in heaven will happen on earth. Uh, nothing in the Bible is as above, so below. Like these literally like 
Hermes says, oh, dude, I didn't even save the fucking thing. I can't have it in there if it doesn't save the thing. Oh, it's in the way of Hermes. Okay, it's it's too far in. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. That, that, that's scripture right there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lord did everything. This is in the gospel of Philip. I came to make the things below like the things above. So what is actually happening is when you take when I'm when I'm reading these things if and I, what a lot of like hermetics and people who were explaining this to me told me is that this is um we're trying to take away separation. And so then that's canonical with God with Thomas is that the separation of men and women, the separation of yeah, like the the core things of our lives, God and human, there's there's literally no difference between who I am and who God is Mm -hmm. as above. So below. And so what's interesting is that you can actually take that phrase through all these books. And so there's, there's some type of canon that you could actually form with these books because they're saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's, what's interesting to me. We could get into the Baphomet because it's like the, it's kind of the ideology of Satan is that he wants to make the above like the below and the below, like the above, I will be like the most high. He is fallen and below, but he wants to make where he is below like the most high. So he'll go up there and make it the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just kind of, you know, if you're trying to, if you have two books, it just feels like they're saying two different things is all I'm saying. Well, there are many books. I think that's important. Right. Is well, it's, it's many books within the Bible. I, it's hard to say, well, the Bible, which is many collected books Mm -hmm. comparatively to this one book right like and again like we've said these are books that were put together because this is what they thought was best right 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 so it's like when you're collecting all these books of course they're going to say something different than the book that was let out right and and the gospel of thomas was specifically let out Mm -hmm. um so that makes sense to me i i think that the god does want us to have a lack of separation. And I don't think it's off of male and female, but I think it's between us and him. Mm. So that's why Jesus came, right? But like Jesus came to make the above, like the below. No, to, to, uh, lessen the separation between God and humans. Yeah. Right. Like that's right. what it's saying is that the, the Baphomet or whatever, whatever you just said was like, uh, before, before the Satan thing was like, I forgot literally what you just said. That's crazy. Um, oh damn! Because I was just. But like, to have like a lack of separation, right? Right. That's that's the thing. Is I can't remember if it's when Jesus was born. I think it's when Jesus died and rose again. Um, right. There was a big belief that say that God only existed in temples, right? Right, or around like offerings and stuff, because God before Jesus came historically throughout the church couldn't be around sin right right so when jesus died uh there used to be like a veiled section in temples and it was like a thick veil like four feet thick and like there was like a what was it a table behind there that you could offer offerings up to right and sometimes people would die when they go in there people would say because of the spirit also could be because of smoke in their lungs or whatever but they used to actually like tie ropes to their ankles um, so that if they fell in and they couldn't get out long enough, they would like other other um, priests would pull the wow. high priest who was like doing doing um, sacrifices in there out. Right, right. If he died in the temple. I don't remember if it was it's one temple, but I don't know where it is. 
when Jesus dies, th- the veil gets ripped, mm-hmm. like from bottom to top. And Christians say that that is God introducing himself and coming into the world. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Right? I'd also say that that is going to create more division and more separation. What is? The veil being pulled back and God revealing himself. Because that will not allow me to think I'm anything like him if he reveals himself. And if he doesn't reveal himself, then I can think that I am like him. I don't know what you're saying. So like there's a separation that happens when God reveals himself. Mm -hmm. Like a huge separation. Because I realize how finite and small I am. So I wouldn't say that a relationship with him would make me feel like I'm just like him and as above, so below. It would be like, oh, fuck, we're fucked up down here. And that's where we're trying to strive for. And so we're not going to make this place like above. We just, again, that the relationship comes into it. You don't think so. You don't think that it's our job to try to bring heaven to earth. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to read more of the Bible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that might be somewhere where, the, where we differ. Um, Cause the Bible says, that, I, yeah. I agree with you. I think that when you run into holiness and when you run into God, you understand how in not insignificant you are, but how much smaller you are. Right. And, and that's how huge much, separation. You have one thing and you have the other thing. Exactly. Right. But I think God wants to reconcile with us with that, even though that's the case, mm-hmm. God wants to come into oneness with us. He doesn't want us to be living in sin. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be living for him. Right. Right. Which would not necessarily mean that we can give up all sin because it's impossible to give up all sin. Right. But to strive to have, I mean, to go back to someone else's interpretation, to have our thoughts and our feelings align with his. Right. To come and into I, that oneness. And I wouldn't say that that's the thing that saves you. You know what I'm saying? No. I would say that that can be a beneficial tip. Mm-hmm. But again, like. I'm relying on myself for that wisdom. I disagree. I'm, I'm coming up with that I wisdom. Dis- I disagree. Okay. Um, because if you look at 22, it says you need to fashion your eyes to make new eyes. You, right. it, it is still that you, it's still you that needs to do the work mm-hmm. to figure that out. Obviously, Jesus is the one that is going to save you. But right. if you just say, Jesus saved me and it's all good, I'm going to stay home and masturbate every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to just watch a lot of porn and smoke a lot of weed and not do anything. Right. Do, like, you th- do you think that you wouldn't have a relationship with them? I think that your faith without your works is dead mm. because you're not doing anything. It's like if I was like texting you every day and I was like, um, or it's like if you texted me, okay, do you remember when I uh, hit 300 pounds? Mm-hmm. Sad day, right? Mm-hmm. And you were like really trying to help me out with being like, hey, we should go do this or go do that or go do this. And if I kept being like, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Right. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Like eventually you're just going to be like, well, we're not doing it. Do you think Jesus would say that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because I think if you say, well, you're my savior, you're my savior, you're Mm -hmm. my savior. And you just keep masturbating and you keep doing this and you keep doing that. And you don't do things to actually better yourself Mm -hmm. and better your circumstance, then you're not really worshiping God. Right. And that's what it comes down to. Right. Right. Like who are you really worshiping? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you're not worshiping Christ, your, your actions are going to reflect inside your inside of uh, Jesus is going to reflect inside of your actions. Right. And so if your actions don't speak of Jesus, then I don't think that necessarily not necessarily that Jesus doesn't love you, that right. he isn't found in you. Um, but that he wouldn't forgive you. I mean, what were you chasing then? 
Well, because part of our nature is that we're fallen. So it's like a, it's a presupposition that we will sin, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the presupposition and then you enter a relationship with Christ and you continue to sin, just like the presupposition was, do you lose that? Do you lose that relationship? That's debated. Because does he understand that you're going to sin? I would argue. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Yeah. But just because you sin, does that mean that you are worshiping sin? I think part of you is. Part of you, right? Or it's at least influenced, Mm -hmm. you know, but like worship probably. Yeah. But I would say that just because you're sinning doesn't necessarily mean that you place your eyes there. I agree with you. We are humans. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable that we're going to sin and that we're going to fall short of the glory of God. Right. And that is where we need Christ to come in and say, no, 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 I got you. Right. But I do also think that if you look at James and Mm -hmm. you see that works, that faith without works is dead. Right. And if that is the infallible word of God, which again, mm-hmm. I think is a big biblical contradiction. Right, right. But if you look at that, then you can kind of see, in my perspective, that if you're not, if if your works don't have the fruit of your faith, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that you need to be doing these things, but your faith, like you're saying with, with the Bible and with scripture, right. it compels you to do something. Yeah. Yep. So you would, you would automatically be producing fruits. Right. Now, if you say that, and Jesus talks about this in the Bible. They say they love the tree but hate its fruit. Mm-hmm. Or they love the fruit and hate the tree. Right. Humans will be caught in this contradiction if they say that they love God, but then their actions don't reflect anything of it. Right. So who gets to judge that someone loves God then? It's not like, up for us like, to judge anything. Right. Like, could I watch you in a day and say, or you could watch me and say, ah, he, he worships God or he doesn't worship God. Because no. it'd have to be more than someone speaks of it. You know what I'm saying? Because it... It would have to be what you actually believe. And so, again, that does form in your actions. And so I need to do more research on the faith without works. But I, I really, from what I understand, that like it's the ultimate forgiveness. And so I think that people who are going to heaven were sinning when they died. I don't think that anyone was living like a completely perfect life when they died I'm to attain heaven. You know what I'm saying? saying that. Oh, okay. It's not what I'm saying. That's, that's, uh, that's you know fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... I don't think it's possible for us to live a perfect life. Flat right. out. I don't think it's possible. Right. I also don't think it's possible for us to say, well, you love God or you love God or you don't or you don't. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and the Bible calls us to not do that as well, mm-hmm. to not judge others. But what I'm saying is that, and I really don't even know where we're at at this point, but if you have faith, then automatically I believe it's going to call you to do something. Yes, but I don't believe you'd be judged on those things that you do. It would be on the belief that you have. So it's it will come and the fruits will grow, but just because I have the biggest fruits doesn't mean that I get in over you. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from. But do you think that you should be striving to do those things or no? I mean, I find myself trying to to do to put myself in a better situation for sure but i don't think that if i attain a house that i'm then in the kingdom of god Mm -hmm. i don't think that if just because my fruit look look at all the things that i have i deserve heaven i from my understanding i don't deserve heaven and that's the whole like beauty of it and these other religions talk about like you are god you deserve heaven you are a creator so you can make heaven right here and from what i'm understanding there's a huge separation that no, no matter the works that I do, I could live a perfect life from now on. And that wouldn't be the thing that saved me if I didn't have a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. 
So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, I feel that. And I mean, that's a very Mart. It's a very Lutheran mm-hmm. thing to believe. Well, I just have to read the Bible more, you know, because I just have to look at what that book says. For sure, man. But here's know. the thing. Like, even, you know, I guess this is a this is a good point to bring this up. I have this screenshot um, just because I thought it was really interesting. Uh, so we're getting into like Martin Luther, Calvinism, right? Things like that. Right. Um, and do you know like Martin Luther's stance on... I don't know anything about him. I know Martin Luther King, but I don't know Martin <laughs> Luther. Uh, he really believed that faith without works is dead, that that you are saved through faith alone. Mm-hmm. Like it says in Galatians 2.8 um, and 2.9 that you are saved by the grace of God and not through any action that you have done right. through your works. Okay. okay. And he uh, is he is the start of the Lutheran church. Um, and it was a big reformation that happened. I want to say in the 14 or 1500s. Right. And here's what he did. He, he took out the Apocrypha, right? So you have the old Testament, you have the new Testament, and then you have like these seven books in the middle, uh, that is in the Catholic Bible. And they're considered deuterocanonical, which essentially means second canon. Okay. And a lot of like Protestant or Lutheran um, like Orthodox Christians today have 66 books in the Bible. They have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right, right. Catholics have the Old Testament, Deutero non-canonical or Apocrypha, and then the New Testament. Okay. 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 Uh, and Martin Luther took out the Apocrypha because he said that although it's historical, it's not the inspired words of God. Mm, okay. He said they're good things to read, but they're not necessarily inspired. Right. So okay. he took out those seven books. And there's argument to that because Micah is supposed to be the last prophet who was in about 400 BC. And all of the Deuteronomicanonical are written essentially between 400 and zero. Mm, okay. 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 So the time period. Right. But in fact, Luther's first German translations was missing 25 books. Wow. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Esther, jo- uh, Job, Ecclesiastes, Jonah, Tobias, Judith, uh, Wis- Wisdom of Solomon, Sirach, also called Ecclesiasticus, Baruch, First and Second Maccabees, Matthew, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Hebrews, James, Jude, and Revelations. Okay. He referred to the epistle of James, right? Talking about faith without works as straw, not worthy to be burned in an oven. Okay. Okay. Uh, The rest he called Judaizing nonsense, subsequent Protestants Mm -hmm. deciding that Luther wasn't really inspired by the, by the Holy spirit. Um, Yeah. Protestants deciding that Luther wasn't really inspired by the Holy spirit replaced most of the books that he had removed. Okay. Like his, like the people after him, I guess. Right. Okay. So, that's where I struggle, man, is it's hard for me to just say faith without work, that, that you're saved through faith alone. And I agree mm-hmm. that you're saved by grace. Right. I yep. don't necessarily think you're saved through faith. Do you attain that grace with faith? I think you attain that grace through faith and works. Mm. Because I think you have to have faith in Christ. Right. And the works come from the Holy Spirit, your feet. Right. Walking. Right. You doing the things that Christ called you to do. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And so I'm not necessarily saying that it's your works that save you. And I'm also not saying that it's your faith that saves you. Right. It's grace that saves you. Right. 
but faith without works is dead. Well, but is faith before grace? Maybe, maybe not. That depends on how you look at the Bible. Because Calvinists, Calvinists would say that grace was given to you from the time that you were not even born. Right. The foundations of the world. Right. Right. So that's really where you get into like, there are all these different beliefs inside of Christianity of yeah. is this right? Is that right? Is this right? Even among, you know, Martin Luther and the people who came after him. Right. Among the early Christians. So I think that. Personally, I'm falling more on the side of of Calvin mm-hmm. where I think that we're and we'll get into this probably in the next couple of episodes. God has his people. Right. And this is a wild thought. But through scripture, I think you see that there's the elect. Mm-hmm. There's the sons of God in the Old Testament. He has the Israelites, his chosen people. Right. That. And this is such a crazy thought, man. And really, it's like something that I'm really trying to reconcile in myself is the grace that you're saved with was given to you before you could even understand it. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think scripture backed that up. Yeah. From what I understand. From what I understand as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I don't think it has anything to do with your faith or your works. But God was going to give it to you regardless. Well, but it's obviously all, those are going to come in later. It's, it's the same situation as like picking two shirts is that you don't have free will, but you do have decisions to make that will impact you based upon the circumstances that you're in. But does God not already know what decisions you'll make? Yeah, he does. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll have decisions to make. I agree with that where right. it's like you still have the decisions to make. But in the end, it's going to be what it is. Absolutely. And but nothing, do you know? Do you know what? Do you know who the elect are? No. Because then that opens the door to if God knows like but i don't know is it is it is that relevant at all or does it discredit it because god knows because i used to compare it to like it's like a tv show that you've already seen you know exactly what's going to happen why would you watch it you know so fuck what was i saying it's like a tv show you already know what's going to happen yeah does that discredit the experience because it's already elected and and sealed if you step outside of time whatever that means no, I think we're getting off topic. I'm just going to say that real quick. Uh, but n- no, I don't think it changes your experiences because you still understand to have free will. Right. Nothing about that's going to change. I mean, if I wanted to go out and run naked down the street right now, I could. Right. But if you wanted to fly, could you? No. And that's, do you have ultimate free will if you there's things that you can't do, that you can't will freely? Because that's where I lost my faith with free will. I don't think we have free will. I guess. I guess. Like from what you're understanding, Yeah. Yeah, but I would like, say we can't fly because we're not God. Well, right. But like a bird can fly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's designed to do that. Right. And so it's within its circumstances, it can do that. So it has the will to fly, but it doesn't have the free will to do whatever it wants. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So then I think free will falls out the off to the wayside. Like, I don't think that it's a, I don't think we have free will. I think with that, you can kind of run into the uh, argument that humans are innate and are directly different than people. Or that he, that humans are directly different than animals, mm-hmm. but I agree with you, man. I I think that I mean it, it, it's crazy to me to say that God doesn't know who's going to choose him and who isn't, right? And I think the Bible supports that too. Absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know. I mean, I that's that's the faith. That's that that's the basis of it. Is yep. I don't know, and you don't know, right? Yep. Is you know whatever saves us is going to save us, and I I just I just happen to think 
that we need to become new creations and in becoming new creations means cr- having new habits. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're a human. There's a good, there's a, sh- a good shot. You're going to fall into old habits, right? But you should be trying to reconcile one with God or Christ. Right. Yeah. yeah and I through that, that, I think that works are going to come with that. Yeah, I could see that. I totally could see that. Um, and so if, if that's the thing though, is if someone, if a group of people are making a book that says that it, I guess James, contradicts that but again i don't know i need to read more into that um but again if that opens the door for works then there's no reason why the gospel of thomas shouldn't be something that is considered and looked at because that's what it's talking about as well is that you realize you're the son of the father and then your works will get you there those two things together not one maybe man i mean i don't think there's anywhere in the bible that says through faith you're saved i think it says through grace right ephesians so i guess the question would be how do you attain that grace you know? Yeah, and I don't know. I have no idea. I'd have to look more. I don't know I'd either. Do... I mean, Jesus would say that it's accepting Him, right? Right, and other parts of the Bible would say that you were given grace before you were born, right? So there's more contradictions. So I guess in that the book. there's your free will, though, as you got to choose this shirt or that shirt before the foundations of the earth. Well, you were you get ah, that's that's weird, bro. It gets into a weird conversation, and that's coming up in the next episode, right? Because we're still in lost books. Yeah, I think we're gonna be coming on. Uh, biblical contradictions. Do you have any more else in the Gospel of Thomas that you... Yeah, let's... I agree, though, man. I think... I mean, that was a wildly sidetracked conversation. Yeah, it was. Um, Setting up the next... But I think where we started with that was the as above, so below. Yes, we did. Yep. (laughs) As above, so below. Um, And I mean, to be completely honest, I mean, that... And I said this before I even talked about the verse. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part to reconcile. Right. In that verse. Yep. Um. Obviously, you have in Matthew where it says on earth as it is in heaven, talking about the Lord's prayer, like we should be doing on earth what is what what is good in heaven yep. or make on earth what is good in heaven, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, the message Bible says as above, so below. But that's backwards. That's the thing that I reconcile with that is on earth below as it is in heaven, which is backwards. And it's only one way. And it's only one way. Earth. Instead of earth, earth or heaven trying to be like earth. Mm-hmm. it's only trying to go. But then again, if that happens then it's as above, so below, it's all the same. Yeah. That's a, tr- I mean, again, it's, we could fall down that rabbit that's hole again. That's the toughest part of that verse. Absolutely. Though. Absolutely. I totally agree. I, I totally think you agree. can reconcile everything else. If you really look at how they used to talk back in the day, but that part of the verse is the part that you go. Okay. Okay. Yep. yep. Absolutely. All right. So let's take a look at these other verses here. I had some comments, but I don't really, there's one. I also have verses in the gospel of Thomas that I really like that I'll read at the end of this. There's one that it talks about being superior. Let's see if I can find that. Ah, right here. 180. He who has recognized the world has found the body, but he who has found the body is superior to the world. Yeah. So what is the body saying right there? What is that? Well, what do you think this means to you? It just feels like who, whatever you have discovered. So whatever the body is makes you better than the other people in the world. Okay. I don't know what the body is though. He who has recognized the world has found the body in other versions, in other verses inside of the gospel of Thomas, Mm -hmm. it says that he, whoever recognizes the world has found a corpse. Okay. A dead body. And who has recognized that dead corpse, the world, has found has, oh, found, has found the corpse. The corpse okay, right? but he who has found the corpse is superior to the world. Okay, so if you recognize the world, 
If right. you recognize flesh, sin, then you found a dead body. Right. If you worship sin and that's all you come to, then you found a dead body. Mm-hmm. And if you find the corpse, the dead body, then you're superior to the world. I would agree with that. Not necessarily saying that you're better than other people, but if you see what sin does for you, right. you know how to transcend that. Well, do you? No. I'd but see you like, know, like but cigarettes. But you know Christ. Right. Right. And that's the key. That's the, in, that's the interpretation. But does knowing Christ make you superior to others? No, but it does make you superior in the end of it all, doesn't it? I mean... Would you uh, not say that heaven would be a more superior place than hell? A lot of people debate that. But people would don't you, want to be. But in, would you? Now, okay. Now, were you about to be? A lot of people want to go to hell. Yeah, like they. That's fucking they don't retarded. Want, they don't want to be in heaven with a god that no, no, has no, done I'm, the crimes of the Old Testament. Shit. I don't like, care. Yeah. I don't care. Okay, and I and I hear you on this because mm-hmm. people say this all the time. Yeah, yeah. This shit irks me, and that's why I'll say the R word okay. on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because that's you don't want to go to hell. That if if hell is a real place right. inside of the Bible, hell is the last place you want to be. It's fire and gnashing teeth, and literally, it's used to be described in the in the Bible as this giant pit that they had that was always on fire. Damn. The people would just come and they'd throw their trash in, and, and Jesus would would walk by and say, "That's hell." Wow. Always on fire. Terrible <sighs> gnashing teeth. So I would say, and I think that you would venture to say as well. That heaven is superior. That heaven is superior. Does that make me superior? If I go, if I'm sitting in a house versus someone who's sitting in a smaller house, am I superior than to them because I'm in a superior situation? I would agree the situation is superior. I don't think that it ever makes me like, ha, you stupid fuckers. I'm way smarter than you because that's how you get the Facebook group For comments. Sure. You know what I'm saying? For sure. But we're talking about something spiritual here as opposed right. to something physical. I don't think physically you're ever like we are superior as humans. The Bible says to animals mm-hmm. uh, and to other things like that, but we're not necessarily a superior to sin. We're not necessarily a superior to uh, certainly not to God mm-hmm. or to other people. Right. Right. So in, in the physical sense, it's not saying that I, I don't think it's saying that you're going to be superior to everyone around you, right. but I think it's saying that you're going to be superior to the corpse that you see. You're going to, uh, and, and, and maybe not mm. now, but you're going to be, you're going to have a higher understanding of where these things lead you. Well, and the, the corpse you see, though, is the broken world, right? Yeah. And the broken world is made up of people who made that broken world by doing a bunch of shit. So then that makes you superior to those people of part of the corpse. To the forces, maybe, that control them. Let me let me post something to you, right? This is going to get kind of personal for you. Absolutely. That's okay. How good of a guy you think you were during the beginning of college? Cooper and I met at ISU. Depends on who you ask. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you ask my girlfriend that I dated, she would say I was a nice girl or a nice guy. You were a nice girl. I was a very nice girl because yeah. they're one and the same. Um, if you ask my friends, I think I was pretty decent. I was probably, you know, oh, he's a dick at this time and this time. Um, right. If you talk to the girls that I didn't have a relationship with and just kind of did my own thing, they probably wouldn't speak too highly of me and so in an objective sense i would assume that i'm not like that great of a person overall you know yeah um but yeah so do you think that okay so do you think like in your situation that you were recognizing what you were doing to be good 100 percent. right 100 percent. yeah 
Absolutely. So you recognized your sin, right? Yes. Your world. Yep. But what you found was a body. It was a corpse. Right. Because at the end of it, you realized this isn't leading me anywhere. This isn't helping me. Anywhere good. Right. Okay. But when you found the corpse, do you not think that you're superior to that? Not, not, not necessarily superior, right? But do you not think that you have a higher understanding of like, I know. Well, that's the thing though, is like when I knew I still did it. And that's the big question for me is like, how can someone understand that a behavior harms them and they still do it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How can a cigarette smoker still smoke cigarettes? doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. If we're intellectually like smart, then we would just not do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so again, like I'm just trying to make sure I don't forget like the superiority of the world from that corpse. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I get scared when I see those words like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That like now I'm better than you or I'm better than this world because I found the knowledge of myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that, I mean, damn, I don't know, man, that it's, I still did it even when I knew it was wrong. Why is that? You know, like, I think because it's because you didn't have the interpretation at the time. Okay. What was the interpretation? In my opinion, it's Jesus. In my opinion, it's goodness. It's light. It's, mm-hmm. it's real things that you understand will bring you an eternal life rather than what you're living in now. Because at that time, you weren't really living... I mean, I use the term like greater tomorrow, like for a greater tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think to a lot of people like that might mean something physical, but I, I mean that in something spiritual. Right. Like a greater tomorrow of when all of this shit hits the fan and we're, we have to be judged on whatever the hell we're going to be judged on. Right? Like if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he's the one that can lead you out of that, if you recognized the world at that time, mm-hmm. there's a, there, a, a, and you saw the corpse, there is a chance that you still would have done it Mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. But I think that you definitely would have been able to tap into what is superior to that. Not necessarily tap, like tap in is is maybe the wrong word, but you would have a closer connection to what is superior. Well, and so that thing that is superior is not me. And that's what it seems like this is saying is that who finds it is that person is superior rather than the revelation of damn, like casual sex isn't good for me. That doesn't make me superior to anybody that may, I realized a superior thought or superior action to my behaviors that would be better for me. But it like, again, like since I stopped hooking up with girls, that doesn't make me better than you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. And so if I claimed that since I did that, it made me superior to the world. I realized the corpse of this world. I was so disgusted with it that I stopped and now I'm better. I'm superior to you who, or to whoever that is caught up in their, in their sin because I am being judged on my actions and my works. See Do you saying? think the world means people? I think it means everything. And I think people are absolutely part of that, especially if we're talking about like a broken corpse body. Like I think if humans weren't here, it might look a little like nature might look a little different. Right. So this might help you in the Bible. When it refers to the world, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's meaning the ways of the world. Right. Right. A lot of times it means don't be of the world. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean don't be like cool with people, don't have friends, don't do this. Like mm-hmm. even Jesus was friends with, you know, terrible people. Right, right. People who people would have deemed as terrible. Right. But in this, like what I when I say superior to the world, what I'm saying is superior to the ways of the world. And I think if you have Jesus, again, because you're human, mm-hmm. you are 
going to sin. You're going right. to fall short of the glory of God. But if you have Jesus, you will be superior to things because of him that's in you, because of the spirit that's in you. You will have the willpower and you'll have the steadfastness. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I'm going to go back to James. I love James and I think it's a great book. Mm-hmm. It says that through the testing of your of your trials, it will produce steadfastness in you. Right. You must be tested in the trials. And once you have that steadfastness, it's going to be easier for you to not do that thing again. So isn't Christ the superior one in this situation? Yeah, I'd say so. Right. And so then I feel like this this text is saying that I would be superior and I'm relying on something to to give me superior guidance. But if you come into oneness with God, right, you would be living as Christ. Well, what is what does oneness with God mean? reconciling like in verse 22 making the two one well so does that mean that i would have to not sin to do that no okay but it just means that you would have a better point of view right which would make you superior yes and no i would say yes and no because i think that god can exist in that in what in the yes and the no because we're people we are not we are inherently not going to be superior to the world right but through christ we are ma- we are exalted, mm-hmm. right? It says that we're exalted, right? And that literally means raised above, right? Raised above the world, others, okay? The world, okay. right? Okay. This is biblical, right? Okay. So if we're exalted, not above others, I want I want to make well, that very clear. When, when are we exalted? Look up, look up through Christ exalted verse. This is the modern version of Bible verse through. Sorry, fuck. What was it again? If you can look up exalted, exalted through Christ Bible verse. And we, I, I, we don't I, remember the actual verse. We just remember a couple words and then we put it into Google. That's how we do this shit. Uh, oh, I got to put verse. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I don't really. Okay. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest places and gave him. Yeah. So I don't really know about exaltation of Christ. That's not going to be it because that's talking about where Christ is exalted. Um, yeah, maybe just do that one. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. Can you go so back? Sounds like can you he's go back? exalted. Can you go back? Yeah. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Yeah. Next. Be exalted, O God, among the heavens. Another psalm. Be exalted. Be ex- uh, exalted to the right hand of God. This is talking about Jesus. He is received by the Father. And the days give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. So it just seems like he's the one being exalted here. And that makes sense. Because I'm no better than anybody else, regardless of anything. Yeah, I'm not saying that you would be but if exalted I was a- among people. What I'm, what I'm saying is that, and maybe it doesn't say we're exalted, Okay. right? You are exalted over the heavens. Maybe it doesn't say that we're exalted. Okay. But I, I just think that if you understand what the corpse is, you're going to be superior over the corpse. Not necessarily saying that you're not going to go back and look at the corpse. Not necessarily saying that you want to investigate the corpse. But if you understand what the corpse is. You're superior. You inherently are superior. And that the corpse involves like the world, the other people, the ways of the world. The ways of the world, not the other people. I would disagree with that. Well, because if it's the ways of the world and you do those things, then you are superior. And so who are you superior to? The ways of the world. Yeah, to other people and their ways, right? No, because people sin right. based from based from Satan. It's not necessarily that you're above people. It's above that. It's that you're 
not above sin, but I think you're superior to the corpse. I'm well, so because the corpse is sin, and if we're not above sin, then how are we above the actions of sin? We're above understanding what sin does to us. A, a bunch of people. This is what I. This is what I'm trying to say. I guess a bunch of people are running around not really understanding what sin is doing. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking that if they fuck a bunch of bitches, if they smoke a lot of weed, if they eat a bunch of shitty food, if they, you know, worship this or worship that, or if they go to a concert and they see a guy and they're like, oh my God, and they like mm-hmm. have to touch him and they're, and they're idolizing these people. Right. These people don't understand the type of strain they're putting on their spirit. Right. And they don't understand the type of strain that they're putting on, on themselves. Right. Really. But when you understand that, when you fall to those things, you will ask for forgiveness, right? Which then brings you to where to where Christ is. Not saying on a physical sense, right, 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 spiritual sense. On a spiritual sense, where Christ is still, He'll forgive you, and He's right. and He's saying, okay, you you know you understand you you rep, you rep, repent, repented, mm-hmm. and you came to me, coming to the superior. I'm right. not saying that we are superior, but I'm saying that we're superior to understanding what the corpse is. Superior. Because we have a higher mind, we can recognize sin, and that's the world. Right. And people who don't... And so that makes us superior to sin. It makes us superior to understanding... Okay, yeah, yes. Not to sinning. So then you think that the, like attaining knowledge will help us stop sinning. Dude, I feel like you're not even listening to me. I'm trying. I'm really... Am. I know. Well, the interpretation is Christ. When you come to know Christ... It's right. not when you come to know only yourself, only wisdom, only this. Right. Jesus is still foundational in all of this. And it's through him that I think that you see w- the corpse. Okay. And you see the world and what it, what it does. Right. So I agree with that. But then for that to do put you in any exalted state, I would just disagree with. And I'm just stuck on the word superior. Yeah. I would agree with that. And it says is superior to the world. Right. So right. he who found the body, he is superior to the world. So I would make, I could go out and say I'm superior to the world if I found the corpse. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would agree with that. I don't know if the Bible would agree with that. Cause I think that I'm just as down and dirty as everybody else. Like at no point am I superior because I need, that's the big revelation is before I thought I was superior. And then when I realized I ain't shit and that I'm fucked up, that I was no longer superior to everybody. But then I also realized no one is superior to me as well. Mm-hmm. Only only one, maybe, you know, like so it's just the Oh, and then right here. Does not Jesus say whoever finds himself is superior to the world? Verse eleven or one eleven. Jesus says, the heavens and the earth will be rolled up in your existence, and the one who lives from the living one will not see death. Does not Jesus say, whoever finds himself is superior to the world? So what does that mean to you? I guess from my understanding of finding yourself is knowing yourself, which is becoming aware of your sin. And if you become aware of your sin, you become superior to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does it say in the sentence before that the heavens and the earth will be rolled up in your presence and the one who lives from the living one will not see death yeah so that's canonical mm-hmm. yeah but would that not go back to the top what whoever finds the interpretations of these will not find death yeah i so, think you can make that argument but also so, do you agree that you're superior to the world if you found yourself yes yeah i would and disagree I don't with think, that i don't think you're finding yourself 
and I, although it says whoever finds himself, right. but I think what I'm trying to say is going back to the to how people viewed it back then, which was if you ate the body of Christ, if you ate this bread, right. it becomes Jesus. If you drink this blood, it becomes the blood of God. Right. Christians back in the day were, were known as cannibals. They really were right. because there were these people saying, well, these, there are these people running around saying that they're eating the body and they're drinking the blood. And some people understood it to be fictional and some people understood it to be literal, mm-hmm. right? That it's really becoming these things. So if we become these things, they become alive in us because God is not dead right. and God cannot be dead. So if we consume him, then God must be alive in us. Right. And I think that becoming one with, and I'm going to go back to it, making the two into one is making a new creation of yourself. So you have to find yourself as well. I, I do think that that's do you, inherent. Do you think the new creation is superior to the world? Because I would say I'm a new creation, but I'm not. I'm on the same exact level as everybody. I think there's a level of you that is. I think the whole thing is because, like, I need help. So I'm like, I'm like a, bre- I'm a beggar for bread. Mm-hmm. And just because I found bread doesn't make me any better than someone who didn't find the bread. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I can't need help and be given help and then say, wow, look how smart I am and how stupid you are. And I'm way like I'm superior to you because again, you get into the whole concept of dehumanizing people because I can't believe that you haven't found the the knowledge to find yourself. You don't know yourself. Well, I do. And that makes me superior. So if someone that doesn't, that has not found themselves are not superior, they're less than that's just what those words mean to me, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that the Bible will always tell you that if you don't know God, you're less than because it describes you as poor and it is you who are that poverty. Mm-hmm. And all of that is that's that's the gospel of Thomas. A lot of the Bible will talk about if you don't know God, you're not profitable. And if you're not profitable in the eyes of the world, you're nothing. So that is a way that God would be describing that to people who might understand it. What does profitable in the eyes of the world mean? Like profitable. If, how I say profit to you, if it's something isn't profitable, it's not going to be beneficial to you. Right. Right. So if he says that you are that poverty, that you're not profitable if you don't know God, which is, I mean, if we want to look that up, we can. That's plenty of verses on that. What? That you're poor if you don't know God. That that oh, richness right. comes through the spirit. That you are poverty or you yeah. are impoverished. Does richness make you superior? Would you say that Jeff Bezos is the the, the most superior man in the it world? It definitely makes you closer to God. What does? Money? Be, being rich in spirit. Oh. I'm not talking about being poor in the physical sense. Okay. Okay. I'm saying being rich in spirit. Brings you closer to God. Inherently means that you're closer to God. Yeah. Yeah, because you would have fruits but, of but your But does labor. that make you, so? if I am rich in spirit, does that make me better than you? No. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not saying that. Well, that but I'm, 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 I'm going off th- of the text here. That's because that's what you're saying. The interpretation is this, but this is the superior to the world is also superior included Superior to the world. Yes. Yeah. I do think that we're superior to the world. Okay, right. Not, I disagree with that. Not the people in it. I even the world's ways. I would say I'm not above that. I I'm think no that there's a level of you that is because you understand what it does. Because if you have that understanding, even though you live in it. Okay. So like, let's say like. That we were in a class together, right? I'm going back to college. Okay. Like, let's say we're in a class together and it's uh, stats two. Okay. okay. Whatever the fucking math is. Right. And you have, um, I don't want to say like you've taken this class before, but like, let's say your dad's a math teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I have never been in, like, like I suck at math. Right. Okay. So you would still be superior to me in your knowledge. 
But does that mean that you're going to get everything in the class right? No. And does that mean? But that I would be more superior than. But you. does that mean that we're in different places? Are we still both in the same class? Yes. And do you still have the opportunity to get things wrong on the test? Absolutely. Do you think that I'd probably get more wrong on the test than you? Uh, yeah, if you were less smarter sure, than me, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that that would inherently mean that there is some sort of superiority that you have. Even though we're in the same place mm -hmm. and we still can make the same mistakes, because you have more gnosis, right. you are more superior. Right. Because you have the wisdom that God has bestowed upon you. I mean, right. or, now the taking teacher. It, right. or the teacher, right? right? Like taking it out of the context. Yep. Yep. But I think that just because you're in the same place and can make the same mistakes, right. it inherently doesn't make you superior in the physical sense. I disagree. Gives me an A. And but, you have a D. And so I get a degree. You maybe get a degree, but you're struggling with yeah, the Yeah, but I think you F. can argue that for, for, um, for God's people. I mean, so there are going to be some people, right, who don't believe in God who are still living good lives, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? But the more knowledge that you can gain from God, because as we know, and this is biblical, all wisdom comes from God. Right, right. Right? If you gain that, then you're going to have a better physical existence than someone who doesn't have knowledge or wisdom. Fact or fiction? I, I look at Job. What about Job? He was he was living right with God, and he did not live a, he did not have a better life because of that uh, for a, a significant period. When God when God tested his faith, right? Yeah. And yeah. So in the middle of that, that's what his friends were saying. Like, dude, what have you been doing? Why is your life so bad? Like, obviously you've been sitting behind the door because, like, you, God wouldn't do this to someone who was perfect with him, and he was perfect with them. And so, yeah. What was your question? I forgot. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't think we're going to reconcile on this. I think that's that's the point that we're going to well, get to. But what was the point of Job? What made me say Job? What I was your know. question? Um, I don't know. The the fact that if you gain wisdom, you're probably going to gain. You're oh, gonna, you're going to have a better life. Yeah, that's not true. I don't typically, think. I think it is. Because I think on a, on a general broad stroke, if we take out God and Satan having some sort of pissing contest, mm -hmm. right? Which is what happening, which what's happening in Job, right? Right. If we take that out of the equation, you're more likely to live if you live your life in wise ways, right? To accumulate more things physically, and to have a better, better life. I think that. Yeah, I I, I think that wisdom makes your life better. Yeah, I think wisdom is more valuable than rubies. Exactly. You know, but I don't. I don't think that it's going to save me. I think it's going to be part of like the practice that. Oh yeah, like yeah, it can make your life not as unbearable. But again, like that's not even the case. Because what about when Job's life was bearable? What do you tell him? What? Well, it's like, well, you've been living perfectly, so why don't you have a better life? Because allegedly, if you are rich in the spirit, then you should have a better physical life. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you tell people like that? You know, like that are actually struggling, that believe in God. Yeah, there's going to be times for sure, but just because you are superior to the world doesn't mean that hardship's going to fall on you. In jo in James, again, it says that the testing of your faith is going to produce steadfastness. Obviously, there's going to be tests that come your way, mm -hmm. but that if you still have the understanding of what sin is, of how sin is trying to pull you away from God, right? I still think that you're superior because of your knowledge yeah. to understanding what that does to you. Not saying that you're not going to do it. Not saying that you're not going to fall short to it. Right. But you're going to understand. Okay. Let's, I mean, I'm also going to keep picking on you. Okay. Go for it. You love cereal. Yes. A lot. Love it. Food and 
did you ever have a time in your life where you were just eating cereal every day? Yes. Like just like how many times a day? Just once or? I mean, five times a day. Yeah, probably. right. Like yeah. Yeah, I've been there too, bro. I Absolutely. love cereal. Like, all, like, I'm like, dude, yep. give me Fruity Pebbles at any moment, dude. That thing is I going down. down. Yep. Okay. But you've come to understand that if you do that all the time, it's going to be bad for you, right? Right. Okay. So like, even if you do it once, you now have the understanding that this is leading towards a corpse. Mm-hmm. That you're eventually going to be leading towards somewhere you, you're not living anymore. Right. Quote, unquote. Right, right, right. So that is going to help you not do it as much or, or realign your tracks. Not always, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes you go down the bad path and you keep going. Right. But normally, you're going to have the idea of saying, okay, I know where this leads. I know where this is because of what I've gone through in the past and the wisdom that I have now. So I'm going to try to realign and recourse correct and go this way, right? Which I think makes you superior to that action. Am I superior to someone who eats cereal? No. But he's part of the world. His, action, his, ways. his actions might be. Right. His actions might be. So I'd argue my actions, but not me, would be superior. But would... you can... The thing that to remember is empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that I'm that I'm putting on this is... You should understand that you will, you can be just like that person who's going to be eating cereal every day. You yes. can be like the homeless person who's well, down on their luck and done I, a bunch of drugs. I'd even argue that if I go and eat something else or I give into an impulse, I'm no better than a cereal eater. And so that makes me not superior because all sin comes from the same principle, mm-hmm. same impulses, same lust. I would agree with you. Yeah. That you're not superior to those people. But I think you're superior to the world. Right. Because the world doesn't understand what it is. So who is sort of like people part of the world to, in this definition? So in the in the in the church, right, or in the Bible, right, where it talks about being of the world, right. Okay, it's talking about being of sin, right, of not being of God, okay, of being something else, okay, right. It doesn't say to be of this person, to be of that person, to be of this. Mm-hmm. It's it's more about, I I would say spirits, right that are trying to pull you away from God. Right. To not be of the world is like to not be idolizing, to not be worshiping your sin. And so you'd have to look at other people and see what they're doing and see what they're doing wrong. Right. Maybe not for other people, maybe for you there. I mean, there, I think there are certain sins that people can fall into that are like closer to others that are different than others. Like serial as being a temptation for us might not be as much of a temptation for someone else. Absolutely. Right. So it might be like less of a quote unquote sin for but someone. But they, they may have had that same day tempted and put into action something that wasn't, wasn't serial, yeah. but that was that same action. Yeah. So then it's, it's an even playing field, even though someone could see me eating cereal and say, wow, he must've not have found the wisdom. Psh, Cause he, he's not being, he, he's not making the decision that's going to be better for him later. But and he's got that wisdom for sure, for sure, and that's something people fall into, right? Is is judging others, mm-hmm. but we are specifically taught not to judge, right? Specifically, so I don't do that, okay. And I don't think that Jesus is calling to do that that either. Mm-hmm. When he's saying superior to the world, I think he's saying superior to understanding what the world is, okay. to, superior to understanding sin, and you understand where sin leads, and you understand why it's bad for you, right? Well, and that's it's what, okay, not sorry. saying. That you're not going to sin. It's not saying that you're better than that guy. It's not saying that if this guy, you know, is eating this cereal and you didn't eat the cereal, then he's fucking sucks and you're awesome. Mm-hmm. 
I think that what it's saying is because of that, you inherently, because you're connected to the father, are superior in a way to to recognition of sin. Going back to the verse before, right? Okay. Recognizing the corpse. Okay. Because you can recognize it. And if you're in the world and of the world, I would venture to say that you... Uh, I don't want to say that you are that corpse, but you might look by that corpse and say, man, that guy's sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like you walk by and you go, man, that guy's taking a nice nap. Cool. Yep. Whereas if you walk by and you understand and you understand God, you'd be like, that guy's fucking dead. Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. So I guess because I agree with that, I guess it just comes down to the importance. And I, maybe this will have to be a whole new video that we do of faith is dead without works. Because I think that's a very important. I think that we'll, we that. will cover that in Calvinism. I just don't know very much about it. I can't. I can't touch on it super hard. I should have. I was in. I was in the other places, but because I was just trying to understand what Calvinism was, and like it's got like five principles and shit like that. But yeah, I. I guess we can just wrap this up on uh, the the amount of divinity that we put on wisdom is just a little different. Because again, we're. I, this is very nuanced, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, uh, cause we both hold it to a high value, a high standard, blah, blah, blah. But we, we do just kind of separate on how far that goes. Right. Is that safe to say as of right now? Cause even if I'm wrong about faith with, without works is dead and I'm saying it's only faith, I may shift that. Cause I, I would have to, if the Bible says that and like, and we can understand it more, but yeah, I mean, what do you think? I think that we would both agree with saying that, full salvation is through the blood of Christ. Would you say that? Just from what I understand about the Bible, right. what the Bible says. Right. Yeah. Currently, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's where we're coming from. Yes. And for sure, I, I think that I don't want to place wisdom on divinity quite yet mm-hmm. or divinity on wisdom quite yet, which there's fairly amount of evidence to do that. There like is. Like you've shown, but I don't want to do that quite yet because I just think that wisdom comes from God mm-hmm. and is an extremely useful tool and point in our lives, so much so that it it could be divine. And you're saying how important is it? Okay, it's important. Well, let's actually look at that. I want to hear the 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 plea or the claim for wisdom because I understand that it's very important. And so mm-hmm. if there's more to be said about it and there's more to learn, then that's the whole thing of wisdom right there, right? So I see that. I see that. Well, I- Go ahead. No, and, and I think that wisdom is going to help lead you to God. And mm, I, and I okay. think that's the most important thing is that wisdom, whether yes. you know God yep. or whether you don't know God, yep. wisdom will continue to help lead you back or lead you to God. Because how could you go outside and look at the, the sky and say, wow, that's God without having any sort of information or wisdom on how things work or on what beauty is? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, and I can't say that, well, I just, I just all of a sudden started believing in God. No, there was a fucking lot of information that I took in before I started believing in God. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's wisdom. Bro. Oh man, it's hard, bro. Uh, what quick, a tough conversation. Can we go through a couple more verses? Yes. Can good. you, I have to pee so bad. Yeah, can you good. read a couple and you're just good. explain and then I'll jump back in? Yeah, I got you. Um, so real quick while Cougar's peeing and I knew that he had to pee, um, and then I'm going to make this run a little bit longer. Uh, so... Verse 114 of the Gospel of Thomas. <clears throat> oh, I don't have it. 
up near me, but I'm sure I can get it. Um, essentially, the disciples are talking about um, getting into heaven and if and how Mary will get into heaven. Um, and they're like, Jesus, how are you going to let Mary into heaven? And essentially, he's like, yeah, I'll make her man like you guys. And then she'll get into heaven, which kind of leads people to believe that in ancient times or in the times of Jesus that they thought that you had to be male to go to heaven. Here's what it says. 114, Simon Peter said to him, let Mary leave us for women are not worthy of life. Uh, Jesus says, I myself shall lead her in order to make her male so that she too may become a living spirit resembling you males. For every woman will make herself male, uh, for every woman who will make herself male will enter the kingdom of heaven. So um, I just read verse 114. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Let's get down to that. So I think if you also um, look at what I was saying about verse 22, you can kind of apply it the same. Okay. Let Mary leave us for women are not worthy of life. I myself shall lead her in order to make her male. Kind of, again, making the two one, which I think is, is pretty essential throughout the Gospel of Thomas. And okay. I mean, um, so then she may make herself a living spirit resembling you males. I think, again, may become a living spirit, not by her own works, but by what God does. Right. For every woman will make herself male, making the two one, coming into, into, into contact with your flesh and your spirit um, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So I think that if you look at verse 22 with my interpretation, you look at verse 114, you can kind of see like it's similar language being used. Right. Um, Make the male and female one and the same. What was the definition of these again? Thought? So male was uh, was like, so some people say that it's thought and feeling. Right. I think it's like spiritual and flesh and male was looked at as like the natural spirit of fleshy and, and female was looked at as the spiritual. Okay. But okay. I still think that like, it's still about coming into oneness because it's, it's coming into oneness with like yourself. And, and, and if you think about it, like it's interesting to me that we're so against, and I'm not saying that we should be like this, but it's interesting to me that we're so against like androgyny between like males and females. Is that where like you I, can't really tell? Right? Oh, okay. Right. Because people are like, well, it's saying that, you know, not male should be male and female shouldn't be female. Mm-hmm. And, to me, it's it's interesting that Jesus will always look at children and say they are the kingdom of heaven. Right. But like, how many times have you uh, misgendered a baby? Oh, you can't tell fucking all baby. the time, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, it's so hard. So that's kind of what I think too. Where it's like, I think that there's a lot. Like, it's really deep because I think it also talks a lot of. It's talking about sexual sin as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think humans have this lens of sexual of of sexuality that's just glossed over us like a veil. Mm, where it's right. like hu- men are always thinking about sex and women are always thinking about how to either use sex or that mm-hmm. people want to have sex with them. Like, so I think that there's a level of that where it's like Jesus is trying to strip away our sexual immorality as mm, well by okay. saying male's not female, female's not female. Right. I don't know for certain. Right. But this is what your, con- this is what your conclusions yeah. you're coming. That's to. kind of the conclusion that yeah. I'm coming to. Okay. So I got one question about this verse. So when we get into, let us leave for women are not worthy of life. So that's a big claim if we're talking literal women. But yeah. is this saying that the spirit is not worthy of life and I the spirit needs I don't to know. become I don't flesh? Know. This is the hardest hard. verse. It's the hardest verse, and also it's the verse that was added the latest. Ah, that's important too. It's those like motherfuckers. It was, yeah, it's <laughs> like the end of Mark. Like, uh, just threw it in there. Yeah, 
the the end of Mark, like the gospel, is supposed to be where these two ladies come in and they find that Jesus's tomb is empty, and then they run out screaming. And then it says right. in a lot of in a lot of like Bibles, it'll say, and these verses were added later, where it talks about you know what happened after them, how they went right. and saw Jesus, and da 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 da. So, one fourteen was added later, which is why it's kind of weird. And I I agree where it says you know women aren't worthy of life, eternal right. life. It's a big claim, but I don't exactly know what that means. But I think if you look at my interpretation interpretation of twenty two, right. Well, then that would make that it's the spirit that's not worthy of life, right? Which would be in um inconclusive, I guess, or contradictory. To right, in conflict with right. right. Okay, right. And I and I and I agree with that. I don't know what the fuck one fourteen means. Right, and these are things we just have to read and think about, and you know maybe one day we can reconcile. It. And that's what you, all this is about. If you look at my view on scripture, it could be wrong. There could be parts of it that are wrong. Right. Right. Absolutely. I, I don't know. Um, can do you have like a Gospel of Thomas just pulled up? Can I just? Fuck yeah. We've what, talked what about verse? a lot of verses that are contradictory. I just want to kind of talk about some of the verses that I hit the good ones. Yeah. Personally, really enjoy. Can you go to forty-five? Forty-five says Jesus said, "Grapes are not harvested from thorns, nor figs gathered from thistles." for they produce no fruit. A good man brings forth good from his storehouse. An evil man brings forth evil things from his evil house, which is in his heart and says evil things for out of abundance of his heart. He brings forth evil things. Okay. What's that mean to you? I like that verse a lot, man, because I think it's, it's in congruence with Matthew 25, where Jesus talks about coming back and separating the right from the left, the sheep from the right, from the goats. Um, and he says to the sheep, you know, uh, when I was sick, you helped me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And they said, you know, we never saw you. And he said, what you do to the least of these, you also do to me. Mm, okay. And so yep. to me, I think that like this just speaks that Jesus, I mean, he even says if you deny, this is also in the Gospel of Thomas and it's, it's in Matthew and we've kind of debated about this verse specifically. If you deny the son, you'll be forgiven. Right. If you deny the Father, you'll be forgiven. But if you deny the Holy Spirit, you will not be forgiven. And right. I think that that speaks to denying the connection that we have between people and what it's called to be a, to be a good person. Because right. I think okay. Jesus understands that there will be people who deny him. He yeah. has he has to even in his day. Right. Right. Yep. And so it's like after that, if if God is divine and all sovereign, then he would understand uh, that he is going to be the biggest mystery, and there's going to be a lot of people out there who don't understand him and deny him, but to straight up deny the Holy spirit, which I believe connects all of us and connects us to, to our goodness and to our God. Well, don't, why would I believe in G the Holy spirit, but not Jesus? I think the Holy spirit is way easier to believe than Jesus, but and it, we, can, we can kind of get into this in the, in the Holy spirit yeah. like uh, episode. But I think that the Holy spirit is what gives us moral compasses. Mm, okay. And a lot of people will like have moral compasses, even if they're not Christian because right. they want to treat other people how they want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Holy spirit is, although probably the most invisible God throughout our lives, I think it's the one that's the most apparent. And because that's, that's biblically speaking, right? Mm -hmm. Cause how could someone, if they say, Oh, Christ is a joke. I deny him all the way, but I, but I've, I will never de deny the Holy spirit. I feel like if they den deny Christ, I feel like the Holy spirit would be something that you find out about after Christ almost not that cause I knew about both of them, but like mm -hmm. you need to know, how would you know it's the Holy spirit? But I guess that that doesn't really matter. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think, uh, even if you just, don't, if, 
if you don't call it the Holy Spirit, I don't think that that means that you're not recognizing right. the Holy Spirit. You 100%. know what I mean? Yep. Like understanding the connection between you and me and uh, and the humanity, like that to me is the Holy Spirit. Mm, okay. To understanding the connectedness of humans and of humans to the divine. Right. Not saying we're divine, but just that we we have a connection to it. We can reach it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you go to verse fifty? Verse fifty. I think this is. I think fifty is motion and repose. Yeah. So this is this is my favorite verse in, in the Gospel of Thomas. It says, Jesus says, if, if they say to you, where do you come from? Say to them, we came from the light, the place where the light came into being on its own accord and established itself. Again, you know, really speaking to we come from Christ. Right. Uh, established itself and became manifest through their image. If they say to you, is it you? Say, we are its children. We are the elect of the living ah. father. Again, <laughs> elect. In all of these verses, it also talks about the elect. Um, in all of these books, I mean. Uh, if they ask you, what is the sign of the father in you? Say to them, it is movement and rest. Other, vers- other versions of this text say um, motion and repose are the things that, that have the father, like the values that we exude from right. from the father right and to me i think that this gets into the holy spirit and christ mm, okay the, the signs of us from the father and I, I think this is a good place to end because this really speaks to my theology um motion is normally captured by the holy spirit right like we were talking about earlier your feet are what they were talking about with the holy spirit right how the disciples and the apostles in the early days spread the church was through motion. And it says that they were um, filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you know, that's the thing that calls us to action. Right. Is, is you know, we have this in us. We, we have this, this knowledge or whatever it is. And we need to go and have this motion to do things. Not only for the kingdom of heaven, but I also think that this speaks for... It's definitely speaking for the kingdom of heaven, but I think it also speaks for us as humans. Um if you get too stagnated as just a human, you're you're not going to be living a very happy life. If you live a stationary uh, sediment, is that the word? Sedimentary? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, sedentary. Sedentary. Yes, sir. Sedentary life, then you're not you're going to innately have less chemicals going through your head. And you're going to be less happy. Mm-hmm. So I think that it, when he's saying it's motion, I think that's speaking of the Holy Spirit and and rest or repose. Uh, is speaking about God because or Jesus because Jesus says you know my my yoke is light right. it's easy yep. find your rest in me um, and that rest I think really comes with salvation like we can rest because we know listen it's out of our hands yeah out of my hands I'm not driving this fucking and car I'm saved, I'll kick my feet up yep. I'm saved yep. I know that I'm wrong and I know that I'm sinful right. But I know that because I have Christ I can find my rest in that and that repose right my repose yep. I don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've spent so much of my time worrying and, and running years off of my life. But once you found Christ, you understand that nothing you're going to do is going to be good enough. Right. Yep. So you should always try to find motion. You should always try to find that repose. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And um, if you can't find it, seek God and those things will come to you. Because everything is just kind of self-obvious. If you believe in Jesus, there's obvious things that you will be compelled to do just by saying that statement. Um, and there's things that we're compelled to do. And I, I would argue that movement and rest are one of them. If it was straight movement, never rest, we probably wouldn't be doing very good. If it was no movement, 
we've we've seen what happens uh in just all aspects a sedentary relationship a sedentary lifestyle a sedentary um like work ethic or some shit you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. just stagnant we've seen sedentary water we've seen fucking stagnant water that's just nasty you know what i'm saying like so i agree with that i agree with that do you think you're speaking at all to faith and works in that statement i think christ could save a stagnant pool i don't know if he would though you know what i'm saying Mm. i guess i could say anything and say i think christ could do that but yeah true true um again i say something like that and then i instantly think faith without works is dead so fuck man i don't know i really don't know that's a great question it's hard man here's here's what i'll say and i think this is a good thing to wrap it up okay you know like we always say on this podcast <laughs> shit it all comes down to don't faith. tell me it comes down to faith baby. it all <laughs> comes down to faith baby i think uh i think it all comes down to faith but here's here's what i have to say about myself okay is i think god is so massive man i really do mm-hmm. and i think that jesus came and he died for us and he is part of God. And I think that God let his spirit out amongst the world mm-hmm. and that we may find his spirit. And through his spirit, I think that we will find Christ. And I don't even know what any of that or any of that means. Right. Right. Because I don't know anything. Yep. And I don't believe in such a simple gospel that we can explain mm. because I think that takes away from the mystery of Christ. Right. So to me, when I look at these verses, I think to myself, what, what could they mean? And I don't try to go off of myself. I pray about these verses always. Mm, right. As I say, God, what does this mean? Right. Is, is this bullshit or is this real? Because it's not up to me, man. And it's not up to you and it's not up to anybody. Nope. I'm not driving this thing. No. And so you got to look out. But I, I believe that Jesus can simply save you. I do believe that. He, yeah. He has the power to. He right? has the power to. But God, theology, and all of that isn't always as simple as it seems. Mm-hmm. Well, and real quick, and we'll we'll wrap it up right here. Even these books, man, I don't feel like I can explain these books. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they're a mystery in and of itself on top of what the mysterious God is outside of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? So um, I agree with you. But I don't. I, we could get into I, I want to talk to Odyssey about the whole your God is too small because um, I thought that was a really challenging, really good concept you know and it really stuck with me a little we bit we will see if he makes it is he not feeling oh well shit we only got six days we will see if he makes it shout out odyssey. i will leave it at that shout out odyssey okay shout out odyssey <laughs> via senor baby <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to Fear the burn i mean bible secrets whatever it is Woo! uh Damn, i'm sweating look at that shit bro yeah <laughs> listen we love you guys <laughs> we're uh, working hard for you right now we have gone through hours and hours and hours of studying and listening and reading and all sorts of stuff just to bring you this podcast, not only for our sake so that you may watch it, but also for your sake that you may dive into something new or try to find out deeper why you believe what you believe and what you believe. And just ask some questions. That's all you got to do. You ask, you ask some questions, you'll, you'll figure it out. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Uh. You asking all them questions, making statements. <laughs> Love you all.
running with my head down, I'm running with my tail top.